Hello, hello, hello. What's up? Welcome to The Plot Strikes Back. Bum, bum, bum. We are here to talk about Dune Part 1. Oh, man. In high anticipation of Dune Part 2 that we'll be seeing in three days. And thus yep. having our next podcast episode covering... Spoilers. Dune Part 2, I know. <laughs> Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> but the good kind of spoiler, you know. Yeah, exactly. You, you know it's coming, and so you can look forward to that. And, and obviously, yep, yep, yep. I know not everyone will be able to see it this weekend, but if you are, then you'll be able to at least listen to our Dune Part Two spoiler review. Yes, because we're not going to do a non-spoiler review. Oh gosh, I can't. You know, it, it's it's going to be so hard to to not talk about it, and and obviously we'll, we'll refrain from posting anything on on like basically twitter x about something that would spoil it but yeah you know hopefully everyone can see it in due time uh, i know a lot of people are anticipating this movie being amazing and obviously a great follow-up to part Me. one yeah i mean it's it's definitely going to be a fun thing to to go to the movies for and uh you know we're seeing it at probably one of the best theaters you can see it in here in florida you know, especially uh, in the central Florida area. Yeah, for sure. Um, at least in my opinion, for sure. It's definitely the biggest screen. It's four stories or four or five. I want to say that's crazy. Yeah. I remember th- I've the, the first time I went actually, I think we went uh, for an early screening of Shang-Chi Shang-Chi. And Th- I was, was that like, first time there. Yeah. And oh, I was man. like, what the hell? This thing is huge. We got to walk upstairs. I don't know if I told you, but the very first movie I saw there was, because it was shortly after I actually moved to Orlando. Yeah. was the Dark Knight Rises. Whoa, really? Yeah. That's sick. So like seeing like Bane and like the whole football stadium, oh, like earthquake thing. Like that was, you know, I was so, it was actually like pretty dope. Um, So I actually saw it with Justin from, uh, oh, from sick. Autos. Yeah. yeah. Really? He and I went there. Wow. So, but anyway, if you haven't seen Dude Part 1 yet, which kind of don't know what you've been waiting for, it's been out for... What do you, live under a rock? Yeah, and it's been on both Max and Netflix for a little while now. I think it leaves Netflix tomorrow after tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch it again. I know it's on, it's going to be on... It's on Max. Max. Still for, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then... I actually bought it on the Apple TV store for yeah. five bucks. Yeah. So it's like, you want to watch it in 4k Dolby, all that stuff like for five bucks. It is a hundred percent grab in my opinion. So, yeah. Or our opinion, but uh, yeah, there will be spoilers. So we're just going to go ahead and dive in. But before we do go ahead and check us out on Twitter X, give us a follow Share with the friends, or you could find us at Plot Strikes Back. There it is. Cool beans. So, to really start this whole thing off, I think this was very much an endeavor for Denis Villeneuve. And, and obviously, he's had a pretty great background of movies. But also, this is 
like one of his favorite books ever. Right. And, and I think that's, that's important, right? When you have a director that loves a book or a project, right? And I think there's a couple people you, we can name off the top of our heads that want to do something and, and bring this authenticity to it. You know, I know you would. I would as well for yeah. certain movies. But also, like Henry Cavill is an example. Warhammer. Warhammer, right? I mean, he wanted to do The Witcher. That all went to hell because of Netflix and you know people who just don't know what they're doing essentially but you know and, and honestly game of thrones for the first five and a half seasons but then you know you deviate from the source material and, and what happens you know what's crazy is that they could both literally take examples from this movie well it, exactly so and, and i think that's that's important and for people that have never seen it and you go hey listen even though you and, and i'll include myself in this i've never read the book i know <sighs> i know it's probably one of the one of the only books that i've never read that's based off a movie that i can go I grab really it really quick appreciate i i do plan on and reading it and i think i'll definitely do it now after i watch part two because now if could, if it all is completed then i'll know what the two parts consist of and then i can read the book and, and think about everything that I've actually seen. I mean, I know people who, uh, who, you know, saw Lord of the Rings and the, and, and the Hobbit trilogies. No, oh, and haven't and, read the book. And books. hadn't read the book or they, they read the books after they saw the movies and they'd be like, Oh, well that was different in the movies or like that wasn't in the movies or some, something like that. When I reread the trilogy or the, yeah. the Hobbit, the, the whole family there. Yeah. 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 Um, the saga. I, I know there's a lot that was missing from the movies or was changed. And so I don't know. Definitely in the Hobbit. I can't really. More so than. Really remember. Because it's been. I remember my older brother had them and I was honestly. Oh gosh. My parents got us into uh, reading very young. So I think we were. We read those because they were the movie. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like uh, Legolas was on Two Towers. And that was my favorite book. Yeah. Because of that probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So uh, it would be like rereading like a new story. Yeah, for sure. So, and so, like I said, people like me that haven't read the book, but will appreciate the movies. I think that is a testament because we've said, you know, several times in this podcast here that it's great when they abide by the source material, especially if they follow it close enough. And I, I understand that it is hard to pull some things off in, in movies from the book because it just it's like how do you how do you bring this to life because you could make words come to life but to actually create it 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 can be difficult and i know it's sort of like would you rather just not have it in the movie or try to include it in a movie but you end up kind of botching it where it's just like man i would just almost rather this whole scene or this part this character just not be included at all yeah it, it might like slightly diminish the whole thing because someone someone could say like, and again it might not be a uh, it might not be a win win situation because you could say like perfect example Tom Bombadil in in the Hobbit like it's really hard to convey what type of character he is and so people really like, like what do you what do you mean because <sighs> he's sort of like I honestly like, I, I can't really get into it but it's like. It, he's so he's he he is very like when he when it's like oh the ring pff, whatever not important to me hmm. and it's like well what what huh. excuse me 
It's it's the one ring. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Anarchy. It's like, dude, well, it's like, it's like, I don't need that power. Like huh. Tom Bombadil would almost be associated as like a, it's like a, you know, he's like a, he's essentially like a godlike being and, and like Sauron, <laughs> the, I'm not affected by it. You know, there's no corruption for me. So it's it like I you could do that you could tr- like Peter Jackson could have tried to do it to do his best to do that yeah but it it could have gone both ways could he could have succeeded he could have failed and a lot of people would have you know gotten on him for that yeah you know so again it it's just a, a what is situation now so that bearing that in mind I don't know if there are things that you know Denis came across in in dune like there's a little one gripe that i have that isn't explained in the in part one and i don't know if it will be in part two but i know of it from the book Mm -hmm. and we'll we'll get to our our quote-unquote dislikes or 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 small you know tick tick for tat sort of gripes like i said but uh i just want to go down the list of everything that was put into this movie, obviously mm-hmm. Denny's a great director. You, you, he, you know, had part in writing the screenplay and obviously it's based on the 1965 book Dune from Frank Herbert. Mm-hmm. And obviously like this book alone had such an impact for many other science fiction renditions of right, Star, Star Wars, Wars. Yep. you know, George Lucas, yeah, and, and there and there are certain things you can see, and I know if you read the book, you can kind of see other things too. But uh, I think there's enough differences that you know might have just again inspired George Lucas to do certain things, and mm-hmm. and obviously, like you look at the the cast is is definitely stacked from head to toe. <sighs> you know, it it really is. I mean, Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin. Um, Stellan uh, Skarsgård, Dave Bautista, uh, Stephen McKinley, Henderson, Zendaya, uh, Chang Chen, uh, Sharon Duncan Brewster, Charlotte Rampling, Jason Momoa, Javier Bardem. Like it's it's like every character that you come across is just like a big name in in Hollywood, essentially. And it's even and it gets, almost double for this next one. Yeah, and it's like and it's basically the same, if not bigger, oh, in God, part two. Dude, I'm so pumped for Dune. Uh, the one thing I've heard, part two. I won't talk. I won't mention anything, and I'm sure your brother might have said this already. But the one thing that I've heard about part two is that Austin Butler slays in part two. Yes, I've heard that. But the one thing I and I was like, don't tell me to, more. <laughs> what Christopher Walken as Emperor. Shut up. Okay. All right. That's going to be Dune. Dune. <laughs> it's a sci-fi movie. Uh, Foo Fighters. <laughs> <laughs> I love that joke. Um, uh, let's see. who The cinematography was uh, Greg Frazier. And honestly, you, you watch this movie and you're encapsulated by the score because it's Hans Zimmer doing his damn thing dude and just creating from the very start of this movie cuz you are brought into oh yeah just, there's so many great uh you know there's so many great moments of the scores that 
you know, again, they just, they suck you into the scenes, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And there was something that (laughs) Denny had said on, on online about like, Movies with too much dialogue and that. Dialogue. Oh my, yeah. Everyone's just like, reacting. Crazy. I was like, I basically was like, that's wrong, dude. Like, I mean, number one, it, it's a subjective thing to say. But also, uh, I think. I understand what he was saying because. I know, of, yeah. But, like, when scenes don't have any dialogue, it's obviously up to the the direction of, you know, of the director to instruct the actor to act in a way to bring forth nonverbal emotion. But also cinematography seen. as well. Cinematography and the score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about think about Oppenheimer. Uh, you know, or or perfect example because it's used in three different movies with Lord of the Rings. Oh my god, dude! Like if you if you watch it like on mute, it, it's not the same. No, and that's and that's the thing. Like music adds so much extra layering to to movies. I don't want to say it makes or break breaks a movie, no. but like, I think it's just when a movie is so good and it has a soundtrack to go with it that is, or a score that is so good. It, I mean, look at think of an example. Like, okay, here's, here's a great example: Imperial March. You you sure you see Darth Vader walking down the Death Star or, or, or the Executor, and it's just like sure, but, you know, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. But when you hear that, it's like, oh, dude. And I got I got another good one. Go ahead. Well, two. Thor at uh, Wakanda in Infinity War. Yes. And Avengers Assemble in Endgame. Yeah. I mean, we were there for both opening nights. Yeah. And yeah. I uh, and there's can't plenty, remember. And there's plenty more, too, that we, yeah, could, there's we, so could, many. we could think of. But, you know, it's, it's just it's a testament to how magical you know the score the music is Mm -hmm. and especially when you you've got these big name uh you know people right so um but anyway it uh it's not quite a two and a half hour movie it says running time is like uh 155 minutes but what wait what what it says how long 155 minutes oh okay sorry yeah i thought i heard something else i'm like wait 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 we just talked about it uh <clears throat> but it's more so like a two hour and like 25 minute movie. And so I'll save my gripes. Um, budget wise, it was a $165 million movie. Okay. And what? $165 million for this, right? Yep. Flash cost $300 million. Oh, yeah. It's all wasted money. Uh, Marvels was like two fifty, three hundred. Freaking Godzilla minus one, like thirteen million. Like what? Yeah. Take notes. Yeah. Continue. Stop, stop uh, overwhelming people with CGI. With man. Yeah. God. You don't. You don't need to oversaturate people. That's what. The, that's what the problem with Hollywood right now. They're oversaturating with effects and CGI. Um, <clears throat> and then obviously box office wise, it made almost four hundred and thirty-five million dollars. Really? That's it? I thought. I- Made more than that. Uh, I mean, that's still a load of money. Well, yeah, and <clears throat> but then you factor in like digital sales yeah. or you know DVD sales stuff like that. But I think the second one, part two, will probably make more. I think so too because you it's know? well. I think so because Christopher Nolan has spoken so highly of it as well. Yeah, consistently. Yeah. 
So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see, in a few we'll days. see you soon. Um, right. You know, one of the things I really liked in the beginning, and I don't, I don't remember when I saw it in the movie, but even like when the, the WB on the water tower appears, you hear a man that speaks in Sardaukar. It says, dreams are messages from the deep. Fremen. And it's like, okay, what does that mean? But you'll, you'll learn as you watch the movie. Um, you're talking about the, the San Al-Gaib and the Fremen and the One. But I think the way the movie starts it obviously does a great job setting the the story between the outsiders who are the Harkonnens and then the locals with the Fremen on Arrakis. And, you know, the, the concept of Arrakis was supposed to be water-based, but they were like, oh, no, 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 no. This spice, spice. is uh, the moneymaker here. So oh, addicted. we're going to basically be oppressors and to take over your planet for decades and decades and decades and you know the and the weird thing about it is like it's like the emperor basically controls it you know yeah there is a very big political yeah huge political chess game going on behind the scenes that's not really addressed in this yeah and it i mean it start yeah it starts with i mean the emperor um the baron and our beloved duke leto yep yep the Duke by uh, played by Oscar Isaac. And mm-hmm. in, in, you know, like any movie, they'll talk about the different worlds, you know, so you see Caladan, which is the home world to house Atreides and, yep. you know, Getty prime is the home world of, um, house Harkonnen. You know, we even see, um, the planet that the Sardaukar army is on it's the emperor's planet, which is the, yeah, the emperor's planet. So, and, oh, and so I, I, I think, you know, again, just kudos to um, to Denis where he's hitting all these points. So you understand location, you understand the houses. It, it, it's sort of uh, you know it's kind of similar to. Uh, and it, obviously, it's it's more more spanned out, with with like a show like Game of Thrones where you understand here's like you know, um, you know the, the different houses, yeah, right, and the locations of like Westeros. So and. Again, I understand for a movie that that takes place from a very complex book to my understanding that, very. you know, it is hard to kind of span things out. It's sort of like, I know you and your dad recently saw the 1984 yeah. version of, of Dune. Mm-hmm. So, and it's actually kind of cool that part two is happening 40 years later. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's kind of a, it's a little poetic that this is, well, not potentially wrapping up the Dune series since Denis had said that he wants to make a part three and it's essentially happening. I mean, uh, I've, I've read the first three books in the Dune. So like, I know they get weirder as they go on. Dude, after three, uh, cause there's what? Six total. I think, I think that, yeah, there's six. And then there's a bunch of other like tie in stuff like that too. Yeah. I think his son or brother did, but yeah, I read the first three, um, Dune, Dune Emperor and Dune Messiah. I think are the first three. Yeah. Um, I really thought it was interesting when they were splitting the movie up into two parts because the book's in three parts. But, I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
but uh yeah this is truly truly like an epic complex book yeah and you know actually one of the, one of the uh funny things that i think it's like i i i had known about dune because of star wars cuz you know you know a long time ago when George had talked about, and I read, you know, books that inspired, you know, George Lucas. Tatooine. You know, and, and like, Kurosawa, and, and obviously, like, <clears throat> Dune by Frank Herbert. But I it was listen, I listened to some hardcore bands, and this is, you know, early 2000s, and there was a band, a hardcore band called Shai Halud. Really? Yeah, and I was like, wait, where's that from? And... It's it's from the the Dune, uh, from Dune. It's the worms, the giant sandworms, uh, on Dune are are called Shihalud from the the Fremen, the the locals, the natives to to the planet. And it is interesting now that I'm older and understand more of how the world works that we live in. Yeah, it's very much like oh, so you're going to this planet that happens to be sand, a desert. And you're trying to refine its most precious and valuable material on the planet. What's the most precious and valuable material here on Earth? <clears throat> Oil. Interesting. Where where do we try to harvest it from? Hmm. The Earth. Well, m- the Middle East. What's happened to the Middle East? It's, 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 there's a lot of sand and desert there. Oh, emperors. It's like it's so weird that there's just like interesting comparisons and. You know, I don't know again how in defined detail that Frank Herbert wrote these things, but again, Denis does a good job at not trying to lay on the political he does. themes too much. But it's like here's the establishment of of everything, you know, and and what is sort of righteous from House Atreides that you know Paul even says he's like, you know, I'm not we're not here to to take over. We're not here for your spice. You know, obviously it's what we're supposed to do, but, and, you know, as you learn from the story, they were set up. Yep. From the start, they, they were set to fail, to be completely eradicated. And, and then, so they can just come back in. They, you know, Baron says at one point, all right, sell the spice, but don't sell it too quick. You know, we want the, we want to keep the value. And it's very interesting. It's sort of like, don't sell the stock or barrels of oil yet. Cause we want to, we want to we want to make money on this, right? As we distribute amongst the uh, the galaxy. Well, Arrakis is the like center of that quote unquote political like, system because um, the spacing guild, which yeah helps all everyone get to these planets, right? They they use the spice to see the uh, basically from what I remember and understand that like, they use the spice to find the quickest and best route and then what they do is they they don't travel through like they don't travel through uh space right they bend space to them and yeah, open like, those, like a door yeah like you you see like these like these i don't know huge they're just floating massive. out objects that they you, like the ships basically just fly through yeah or go through yeah and i think that's that is established too like or, or part it's like Part briefly of, mentioned. Yeah. And in the 1984 David Lynch version, there's a scene in the very beginning um, where you see the Spacing Guild. 
Yeah, I was like, we didn't, we we don't see them in the first movie. We do in part two. Yeah. Uh. Well, you see them in part one. They're just. Well, that's true. Very, yeah, very quickly, very like quick. Yeah. You see, I think they're wearing the white suits, and the spice is like floating around in there. Yeah, they come to Caladan. Caladan, right in the very very beginning. Yeah. That's right. In um, in the 1984 version. It's this giant like water tank that gets wheeled <laughs> in, and then you it like opens, right? And you see the this uh, I forget what they're called, but the spacing guild basically, and he looks like a freaking fish, <laughs> like it's weird. That's so. So funny. it's interesting to like see the different comparisons as, uh, well as Dune one came part one came out, and now Dune two with that one right. and the book, right? So, yeah. Um, I'm gonna talk about the cinematography let's talk about that first i know that there's i mean you you even texted it to me i've showed three people that one picture yeah this week it's wednesday (laughs) i'm not even kidding i'm at work i'm like you have you seen dune look at this that's crazy right arguably it is probably the best cinematic shot in the whole film and and unfortunately like one of them well i've got three that are up there for me so, and obviously, like, yes, it is partly CGI, but still, it doesn't mean it's not a great shot. That, I mean... Oh, so, so that's one that's on both our list. Yeah. But what else What else do you have? Um, I have that one. Um, I've got the scene where um, they go to rescue the spice crawler after it's get, being attacked by the worm. Oh, Or yeah. after a worm sighting. Yeah. And um, it makes me think if that's the uh, Shai Halud, the the huge one. Yeah, because we do see different you see, sizes. Yeah, you see how big the sand crawler is. Yeah, but then you see the, the ground mouth. just give in, and then spikes, you know, coming the, out, which is the the two or teeth, the rather. teeth of the yeah. of the spice worm, um, and you see how massive it is. But we get this shot where Gurney, who's played by Josh Brolin, is like holding. Uh, Paul on the ramp to get into this and you see this over the shoulder shot of how big this thing is yeah and how easily it swallows it up and just goes away because like the one that you know as Jessica and Paul are running oh dude and and then it stops and right at the edge looking at Paul and that one's not as big no it's, it's big but it's not the the size that the sand crawler got swallowed by dude I love that shot so much and it's, and again you're just looking at it like man it is and, and i don't know i'm sure it's probably never mentioned as to how many exist on arrakis but if it is i think kind of i think maybe in the book and maybe. i could be very dramatic but i would say hundreds i i would probably assume because there's an entire pole region that's like completely quote-unquote forbidden that's where the most of the fremen are but right you know how many worms are out there that you just don't know of yeah because it's 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 kind of like uh i mean like like, i mean like any planet right like there's different areas to it and obviously Mm -hmm. like you could say well it's not all i mean if if the the entire planet is sand then it's like man you could literally mine the spice anywhere essentially you Mm -hmm. know so but um a couple other the two other ones I wrote down, it's after, you know, the betrayal <laughs> has essentially happened. Yeah. And the attack from the Harkonnens and the Sardaukar, where 
I want to say it's, I think it's right before or right as Duncan Idaho is escaping, played by uh, Jason Momoa. Mm-hmm. And one of the Harkonnen ships uh, is like releases a huge volley of missiles. There's like dozens and dozens and dozens, and you just like just see the like the glaring of all the missiles come down, and it just rains down on the service, and you're just like, oh my god, dude! Like, it just blew everything up. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. And then to follow that up, another one of my favorite shots is after Paul and Jessica escape the ornithopter, Mm -hmm. and which that's one of my another one of my it's one of my favorite moments that whole ornithopter scene oh yeah because of using the voice and everything uh, we'll, we'll get in that in a second but when paul and jessica run up the the hill and they just ha- it's like this overlooking shot and you all you see in the background is just flames smoke yep destruction you see the warships in the, the air yeah and i'm like man i just love that that look so another one i liked the baron the one after the uh, one of the witches talk to him, and he's like, he just rises. Oh yeah, he's like, the very- my dude. Yeah. Um, and then when he's honestly, this might be one of my favorite scenes too. After the uh, after the Baron is talking with the Duke right. after the betrayal, right? He's eating like literally just <laughs> gorging himself on this on yeah, all his food, being a fatty, and then he's literally just like. And rises up, Over the floats table. across the table, and then you get this scene of how big he is. Yeah. And I think uh, Skarsgård said he wanted him to feel like a rhinoceros. And you kind of get that, man. He's fat, but he's like, it's like big. He's like a human uh, Jabba the Hutt. Li- yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's a great comparison, literally. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, yeah, just that scene floating because it's... It's like an over-the-shoulder shot of the paralyzed Duke in the chair. Naked. And you just see the yeah. reflection of the Baron on the table. Yeah. But it's not a long shot, but man, imagine if we got that whole thing the whole way. Oh, dude. Yeah, like a side shot. That Give me like... a director's cut, please. Yeah. Not happening, but. I know it's not, but. Anyways. Uh, yeah, a couple other scenes that I absolutely loved. You know, again, it is the ornithopter part where Paul and, and Jessica are, are captive and there's like three Harkonnens on there. One of them's deaf and, mm-hmm. you know, Jessica's like signing to him, which is also interesting because not only do they speak English, but then Paul knows Mandarin, sign language. Uh, and I don't know if it's, you know, again, one of those things that's specified in the books as to how much he studied or, you know, the various languages, you know, but it, it just something like that. There's a lot of education involved. Yeah. But when it's, and again, on top of that, you, you've got Jessica who is a, um, Bene Gesserit, which are, yeah, I, I almost equate them or I guess I, I do equate them to the night sisters in star Wars. They're, they're, cause they're, they're basically like witches, you know? To yeah. A, to a, and it's not like the force, because the force isn't, you know, limited to any one or anything essentially, and and like the voice 
is supposed to be for female only as we as we see from uh what's her name moheim or or she's the like, reverend the, the, uh, the mother the, reverend mother the reverend mother yeah yeah <clears throat> um what's interesting is the lady jessica they're like was supposed to be only a concubine uh, yeah. uh for the duke and right. she was supposed to give birth to a daughter yep. but then she fell in love with the duke and basically quote unquote like kind of gave in yeah and they had a son and then basically because of that that is you know kind of i'm not going to say like one of the first dominoes to set off the trail but that was that's something that plays a factor into why this has happened or why it's it's happened and is happening to House of Trades. Yeah, because then you, you hear their conversation, which Paul ironically hears in a little bit of a distance where she's saying, you know, he could be the one, but there we have others that could be on this list of, of mm-hmm. people. Like he's not the only one. So that that could be uh, the one to change things to bend space and time, essentially, as Jessica tells Paul mm-hmm. at some point in the movie. And, you know, Paul's like, you made me a freak. It's like, I oh, mean, I hate you, mom. Oh, you've got a special you've got a special ability. It's so, you know, it's so terrible. Oh, hmm. you're having dreams. Oh, you need some milk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor little Paul Atreides. Paul with a Paul Atreides. He's the Duke. Oh, got a nice little fancy ring. That thing's huge. Yeah, it is, it is a pretty, pretty massive ring. Um, but that that is a a scene I I really like is between the Reverend Mother when Paul first meets her. Can't talk right now, <laughs> and he has to stick his hand Pain in the, the box. box and the Yeah, right next to his neck and. You know what's interesting about that scene, by the way, is one, I love that scene, but two, the differences, and I know you haven't seen um, David Lynch's version, Mm -hmm. but in that scene, you actually get this shot, it cuts in a few times, but you get a shot of this, uh, like, fake hand (laughs) and fire all around it, and then just, like, this fake skin melting off, and, like, blood just kind of coming out, and... I was wondering if we were going to get something. Well, we do see that, but uh, it's like in the, it's in the vision yeah. part where his hands like essentially getting like charred. It's yeah. Like burnt to a crisp or something like that. Yeah. And incinerated. You, yeah. It's, it's interesting is like, cause you, it's just, I wanted to see more of like it all just melting. Yeah, like I, I thought, and I wondered if something was going to happen in reality to his hand. Like he pulls it out and is like missing a finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know uh or, or or thinks he's missing a finger but then like he like snaps out of it and is like no like i'm not weird but nope just nerve damage yeah yeah right but the acting from both rebecca ferguson who is you know lady jessica's on the other side of the wall going through it and mm-hmm. it is is talking about fear and not letting fear take Fear's over the mind killer yeah and and then you got timothy chalamet who's basically acting as if he were in terrorizing pain and passes the test essentially. Cause either way you either suffer that pain or you die or you literally die. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, ah, all right, well I guess I'll just lose the hand then. Yeah. And then when, when you, huh, 
All right. Beat your own game. Yep. I, and I, I saw this not too long ago, and I don't remember if I sent it to you or you sent it to me, but I love the way the ornithopters were created. Yeah. Because they're like, they don't, we don't want to make it sound like an actual helicopter. We want it to sound different. It's like you know? fluttering. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Like, it's, like, it's like a dragonfly. How, right. How would a dragonfly sound, essentially? So mm-hmm. that's that's really cool, just uh, you know, the details and design. It's kind of like same with this, uh, not the still suits, but the, um, oh gosh, but the body shields, the belt shields. Oh yeah. The, Those they, are really cool. Yeah. Um, cause you would honestly hate them in the original one. I have seen them. I've seen, they look like the AOL man. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's, that's the difference in 40 years of technology. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, what you can do with, with, you know, nowadays in visual effects, but and it's it's the one thing that Baron foolishly turns off when Duke Leto cracks, cracks that tooth. back tooth and just sprays the poison in his face, which because I was like, oh, damn, he's he's dead. Interesting. So again, didn't read the book, but then when the cleanup crew comes in and they hear something and they just look up the top and the. <laughs> Baron's floating up there, and I was like, just like, oh, like dying slowly. Yeah, dying in the corner, but up, up in like the corner of the <laughs> ceiling, and I'm like, what the hell is happening? It's like, like what if he falls? The dude's like 400 pounds. That's where I was like, how is he able to float? And how the hell did he get up there? That suit, dog. You know. Oh man, you know, I just thought about that. Another good shot is when they're storming the grounds, I guess, or the the citadel at, at Arrakis, and you oh, see yeah. the Baron floating. In front of all of his, all troops. the all of the Sardaukar troops that yeah. the emperor has given him. Yep. <clears throat> Which, you know, it is. Never mind. We'll get into that. Never mind. I, you know, I think one of the other interesting things too about the whole story, and, and which is a, a part I like, and it's very subtle, but it's when Paul first recognizes the the little seeker. Oh, the hunter seeker. Hunter seeker. Yep. Yeah, little, little sp- Drone, uh, spy drone. That thing's freaky, dude. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it, it looked real freaky, and the fact that he saw it, and, he, and he's watching like this. You know, he's it's like a hollow tape. Yeah, yeah, and thing. and he just kind of sees it through it, and he's able to dodge it, and then squish it like a bug against the wall, and, and it's like, oh look, there's a dude that's been living inside the wall for, for weeks like, now. I think like two weeks. They said something like that. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's like, oh, well, one of the things that really sparks a lot of conflict and, and kind of unveils like, well, the Harkonnens are kind of set you up, bud. So prepare. And they were not prepared. Yeah. They leave them like a quarter of equipment like they were supposed to, and they leave it in pretty rough condition. Like some of it's working. Um, I don't, I can't remember honestly off the top of my head in this one, if it's addressed, I know it's not shown, um, but they sabotage the shield wall too. Um, Ooh. I can't remember if that's addressed or not. I think it is just in passing. It's like, oh, we've addressed the shield wall. I can't remember off the top Maybe? of my head. Um, but uh, yeah, you. So there's that. I mean, there's assassins hidden everywhere. You know, it's like it's like they. You can tell this was not fair. Yeah, but Duke knows it too. He's like, "But we have to do this. Yeah. We have to prove that we're, 
you know, we're, we're strong or yeah. something. And it's just like, but at what cost? Yeah. His life. <laughs> oh, a lot of other, uh, loss, loss. And destruction. Yeah. 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 Uh, a couple other things that I like, <laughs> I like the, the meeting with, with Javier Bardem with Stilgar when he first, I love Stilgar comes in the room and cause he kind of seems like a dick. Yeah. You know, and and, I, and the only person who understands him is is Duncan, Duncan. Idaho, especially he, when he spits. And he's like, well, no, 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 that's 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 respect. That's respect. Giving, and, yeah, giving you his water, right? Exactly. So, oh. but he's like, you have nothing else here for me. I'm yeah, a, I will go. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, bud. Like, it's like hi, see you, man. All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming by. Yep. Because Duke sent Duncan there. Yeah. Uh, early, maybe by a week or a couple of days, maybe. Yeah, I, I think it's a couple weeks. I think yeah, um, I think he says a couple weeks. Yeah, sent Paul him. wants to go with him. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, he's like, psych, your dad will kill me. I can't do that. See yeah. you, dude. Um, but then you find out he's like, he's been living with the Fremen. He found them, or rather, they found him. Yeah. Um, and then you know he's been kind of getting close to them and to form relations because the Duke realizes that the only way to actually rule Arrakis is if you unite it with like. House of Trades with the Fremen. Yep, you know something the the Har- Harkonnens did not do. Yeah, yeah, they they made enemies of the Fremen, and mm-hmm. and obviously, it's sort of same thing where you've got people in Star Wars that made enemies with the Empire. Yep, right. So, um, but it, I I love so. I was going to ask you, do you have a favorite character? I have two. Two. Yep. Do you have a before before we say who our favorite characters are? Do you have a least favorite character? Like I don't, ca- don't want to say like I don't want to say like a character you you hate because I don't hate anyone in this in this movie. Are you talking like? It's like if you were to say here's all the here's a list of all the characters in this. What's the one that's at the bottom? Peter. Who? Peter. Peter. Uh, the Baron's little assassin guy with the weird hat, the crazy guy from the Dark Knight. Oh, him. Yeah. Only because he is way more involved in the book. Interesting. Yeah, he's at the bottom of that list. But I have two favorites for sure. Night and day are just at the top of my list. So, you know who's at the? Well, actually, you know that that is a good. That is a good. Uh, yeah, now that I think about it, now that you mention it, he might be at the bottom of my list now, <laughs> dude. Because this is how he goes out because of the, po- the he poison. He does the poison, yeah. And it's you know what? False. I was going to say, and I only only because it, again, <clears throat> this isn't like a this isn't a diss by any means. This isn't a dislike. It's just I don't maybe I don't like how she isn't included enough. Is Zendaya? Oh, because all like is you're sort of, and again, because I don't know much about her character in the book or from the book, so I don't know if it's well translated from from page to film. But you you're seeing her through Paul's dreams numerous times, and you mm-hmm. would think, yeah, you know, she's got to be somewhat special. Like she she knows she might know who he is, or might have this feeling or sense, like you know that. He's something. And then when you finally see her, 
it's like, oh, now nah, she kind of hates this dude, you know, uh, especially after, which is another great part, is when uh, he, ha when Paul stands up and fights for her, his mother against Jameis. Yep. Who, again, in his dreams, th thought that he was going to show him the ropes. And instead, he's like, nah, you got to fight me, yep. son. And fight then, or die. Yeah. I want to get into the fight scene in, 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 um, in a little bit, too. But like after he, Paul kills him, uh, Chani or Chani. Chani. Chani, like, hates Paul <laughs> for it. Yep. And it's like, man, like. But then at the end, it's like you've only seen the beginning as they're walking and you see you see one of the Fremen riding Shai Halud. Yep. And it's like, oh, now you like him? I'm like, I, I can't read you, girl. <laughs> um, I would say it is a very almost, I would compare it to a casting of R.I.P. Kang being Jonathan Majors. <laughs> like, it, this is such... It, so do you, do you think it's like adapted well? Or yes. No? I think... From the book? I th yeah, I think okay, every okay. I think every character so far has been like okay. Like honestly, I have, I have it written down here, but well, two of my favorite. Okay, so what? So who are your two favorite characters? The Baron, Stilgar, Stilgar. Really? Those are my two favorite characters. Those two, and honestly, almost every single person is cast so perfect. But I think Josh Brolin. He's at the top of that list, um, along with... Um... I only put one. Okay. I put one. Duncan Idaho. I, I was dude. Like, dude, Duncan is... Duncan is... Duncan is... Okay, so this is something... I feel like the movie doesn't do it justice. Really? But that scene where he fights them to death... And the, the Sardaukar, like when he, when, he, yeah. when he closes the door? Yep. Oh, man. That, to me is so badass in the book. And I feel like the movie... It's, okay, so that... It's a little bit of a gripe, but it felt too short. That, that I was about to say that. It's too short. Because yeah. in the book, you're just like, oh, he's getting stabbed? He's still fighting? Yeah. Oh my God, he's still killing. Because like, you, you do see that. Like he does, like he... He does go down, but then he comes back up and he's like, he's like ah! Yeah. You know? It's... And insane. then you see him fall over, but then you see him, his eyes are open and, you know. But man, let me tell you. Nothing. Don't say anything. I won't say anything, but man. But like when he, he the way he talks about, you know, because he says like, you know, I respect the Fremen and in, in their knowledge of Arrakis and everything and just kind of like how they hold themselves as people. But you also get that he is an an amazing fighter. He's, he's great, badass. He's great at combat. Cool. But it's also interesting because when he's out, because he gets sent to Arrakis first, and then uh, Gurney, played by Josh Brolin, steps in to train Paul. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Paul's got some moves and everything, but he's like, he's like I got you. He's like, he's like, yeah, but I've already got you here. I would have joined you in death, or you would have joined me in death. Yeah, so you're like, oh, man. And that's so... I know he's in it more in part two because, again, you don't see him die in part one. Nope. But I was like, man, he's just, he was kind of the same thing. I guess like I would equate you know, Zendaya on the same page with with Gurney, with Josh Brolin. Like their characters, like Chani or Chenny and, and, and Gurney are underutilized. And I understand it's probably just because of the way it was written in the book, but 
I, I won't. I won't. That, that's something like I'm not going to like rate the movie lower for, if that makes sense. You yeah. Because like, uh. I get it. It's coming from a book. It's coming from the source material. I respect the source material. So that's that. I think that usually when you're adapting from a novel, you're going to have to lose unfortunately. Oh, I know. Yeah. You know? I mean, especially, you know, having read Tolkien's book. So, yep. um, well, even dude, even me just finishing rebel moon, a co- like a week or two ago. Oh yeah. You know, stuff blatantly cut. So it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's only natural for that, for that to happen, but there's, but there's a lot of gurney that is in the book. Obviously that's not in the first half of this movie. Um, the one thing I will say though is when Gurney and Paul finally reunite, it is a moment that is underplayed in David Lynch's version. But is Probably I remember more. reading that going, "Oh my god, <laughs> it was awesome, nice." Um, and yeah, on the the fight between Paul and Jameis, it's interesting because he basically could have killed Jameis three times over. He's like, do you yield? And he's like, ah! And he's like, he does not, the boy does not know our rules. And Jessica says, Paul has never taken a life before. Yep. And it's sort of like one of those moments where I think it, if I'm Paul and saying, you know, I had a dream that you guided me here on Arrakis, Jameis, I do not wish to kill you. I wish to be your ally. I wish to take arms with you, not, not take you away, not to take your life, you know? And it's, and it's one of those things where again, dialogue and conversation could have played a, played an impact. And if it was said, then you never know what could happen. But again, I don't know what happens in the book or part two here, but it's one of those moments where you realize that. And I, and I thought it was inter- interesting because of what happens where James is dead and they, they take the body, take him away for the water, right? Yeah, which is kind of it's kind of creepy. It's like not quite cannibalism, but I I get it. It's, it's floating around there. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's hey, we we need your we need. Can you, hey, look, your body's made up of about eighty percent of water. Listen, dude, that we loved be... having you around. Yeah, no, okay, we'd love to. Give, we're gonna give you a proper. It brings death. a whole new meaning for we're raising a. A, a toast for you because we're actually <laughs> drinking you now. <laughs> um, but they, Paul's kind of walking in between the Fremen and the line and they're like patting him on the shoulder up until he gets to Shani at the end. And she kind of just gives him this like dirty look, you know, and, and he also actually realized who, um, uh, I think, I believe her last name was Kynes. Yeah, who we see? Kynes. Who see we other kinds? The transfer of who dies? Yeah, the transfer of um, houses or something. Yeah, which is which is another another cool part where where she gets killed from or stabbed from behind, but then she'd already put the thumper in, got and the worm, beating on it, and then they all just like <sighs> it's like it's like a satisfying like death of honor. Yeah, two things there. Uh, one, something that made me think uh when you said the dream you know you guiding me yeah something i think about and i guess we'll see but i i'm not gonna say i remember it as but i want to say i remember it as in the book he had a dream of a man 
who took him in arms. Okay. And guided him and trained him. So we'll see what happens. Two. Um, oh, gosh. What was the second thing you mentioned after we talked about the dream? Gosh, how did I forget already? Uh, <clears throat> fighting. Liet Kynes. Um, Kynes. Yeah. Liet Kynes is a man in the book. And something Interesting. I, something I wrote here was take notes, Hollywood, because there was not a single thing wrong with this quote. Like, well, it was a gender swap, but there was nothing wrong with it. When I saw it, I go, huh, that's interesting. Cause in the book, it's a dude. And then we got to the movie and I'm like, huh, all right, this works. It's good. You know, it's, it just rolls smooth. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think when, when you have these, you know, cause I, I don't want to quite say like, you know, and again, it's not so much a tokenized thing, but if a character is male to female or, you know, female to male from, from a character perspective, regardless, you know, if it's from a, a book or a comic to uh, a movie, like it really depends. And I think, and again, because I haven't read the book, but if you're saying that it doesn't really have an impact, like regardless of, of the gender male or female, for the yeah, at kinds it's like irrelevant yeah to the, to the overall plot or story like doesn't matter because liet kinds number one dies anyway and RP. the only thing that paul says was like you had a a man or you you were in love or something like that and died in battle or whatever so it's sort of like you know not not that big of a deal. It's not, you know, because it's done right. It's not. Let me rephrase that. It's not forced. Yeah, yeah. They, they, there was no. Um, I was there was no wokeness and you know force with it. There's so, not. You know, and again, I think that's cleverly done by Denis. Denis. So, yeah. um, you know, yeah, that's fine, but. And I, and obviously, like I remember watching the theater, and they just kind of go off in the horizon. I'm like, "That's it." I was so That's mad. It? I was oh so God, mad, dude. dude. Like I said, because at the time of of this one coming out, Dune Dune Part One, it wasn't officially greenlit for Part Two until a week after. I think it's all got greenlit. Yeah. Um. So I was like, "Wait, this is where they end it." I'm like, so. I I think I remember walking out of the theater telling my dad, like, "Hey, like they're gonna have to put this in three parts." Because of the book. Yeah. And then you come to find out that they're doing two parts. So it's like, huh, okay, well, I wonder where we're going to pick up at when we, when we, uh, I, I have something to say, but I'm going to save it till we record for part two. Okay. What uh, is it? It's just about books and parts and, and how it's adapted to a Did, movie. Okay. Oh, sure. But, um, and I know we don't really have anything that we dislike about what you, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Because I do. Okay. I have Lay it on me. Well, aside from, uh, I mean, obviously we we talked about it before we recorded, but uh, you know me and my long movies. It's not long enough. Not near long enough. Yeah, that's what I have too. Uh, but the one thing I have on this list. Which is? There's no dinner scene. There's no banquet scene. Oh, that's right. I remember you telling me about that. It's completely... I've I've looked into some stuff and I get why 
So it's probably one of those things where I was talking about. Like However, they, they left it out for some reason. I don't know. I mean that that scene is it's it's so tense because you have so many of these people at this dinner. Can you not not to put you on the spot or anything like that, but do you can you say anything about that dinner scene, like what it consists to, of, kind of, or, yes, or why it's tense? To basically, I, I believe it's either the first night or the night after. House Atreides has pretty much moved in okay. to Arrakis. Right. It's Duke and Lady Jessica. They're hosting uh, a dinner. Um, Dr. Kynes is there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a... I, I pulled it up, too, because I couldn't remember everyone that was there. Uh, there's a water shipper. Uh, there's a representative from the Guild Bank from space. Um, there's a smuggler there. And I believe, and I could be wrong, but I think Pitter's there. Okay. I could be wrong, but basically you have all these people who know about this master plan pretty much right at the house of the person that they're going to pretty much deceive. Um, so pretty much it, the reason this is all happening is because the emperor feels that if united Duke Leto will come for his throne pretty much. Hmm. Yeah. That's uh, to, to my memory. That's one of the reasons um, but also, I know a big reason is that everyone is scared of Paul. That's the big thing. They're scared of Paul, which is <laughs> why there's all these attempts to kill him and this, that, and the other. Interesting. Um, but the dinner scene, you have all these people here, and it's just, it's it's very long. So I believe that's why it was cut, or if it was it wasn't even included. You know. <laughs> but that's my one thing: is that there's no dinner scene. Thinking about it right now and just, again, my first reaction is you you want to have tense scenes in a movie. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Because it adds value to a movie. And, you know, we can use a, we could use a comparison of a dinner scene. Imagine if the dinner scene in... The first Hobbit movie was never included when all the dwarfs at Bilbo's go to Bilbo's. Imagine if that was not. Oh, it's a in great the, scene, dude. Right, my point exactly. <laughs> because there's a lot of importance behind it. Yeah. Imagine that the whole thing was never there. You would be left with a lot of questions. Exactly. So that's one of those things I think that like, and again, okay. So what? So who cares if it was a whole twenty-minute scene? David Lynch has a perfect. He he's has said that verbatim. And that's why, again, like we, we talked about before, you just mentioned it. I think this movie should have been at, at least, at least 30. 30 plus minutes longer. Yep. Because, you, again, you look at, okay, this book, you know, uh, it's it's three parts, essentially. Cool. Let's look at each of the Lord of the Rings books. Each book is two parts. There's, there's essentially six books in this one compacted novel, novelization of Lord of the Rings itself. And... What did what did uh, what did Peter Jackson do? Well, I'm going to do the theatrical cut of three hours for the first movie, and then I'm going to release an extended cut that's an additional forty minutes, and it's perfect. Well, you know, it, it's it's amazing. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a hundred percent ten out of ten, but but you get my point. Yeah, oh yeah. 100%. Why why couldn't that have happened here with doing part one? And that is my only that is my only. Slight concern going 
going into part two, that part two won't be long enough either, which is essentially two hours and 45 minutes, which let's let's take off the credits. Probably 2.30. Yeah. We'll, we'll, 2.35. Well, yeah, we'll credit let's, them 10 minutes of credits because that's going to be a long movie. But, yeah, intro, 10 minutes, um, and, and the, the outro. I think minutes, the yeah. reason why the dinner scene was not included was because um, there's a lot of politicalness in that talk in that. And I, I'm not, I would say world building, yeah. But, but, I, but I think that's important. Though. As you can see, it's not needed in this. But I think it would have taken away from certain scenes throughout the movie. Like, for example, I th- the scene where Duke tries to kill Baron. I think if you included the dinner scene, it would have kind of taken away. I can't really explain why because I... I would probably just need to read the books. Yeah, I just can't, but I feel like it would have taken away from certain parts. Um, However, still hate that stuff (laughs) in there because I would love to see a, like, I believe Duncan's there too. Yeah. Like, I would love to see a, um, I just think maybe the Baron's there. I could be wrong. But I just think of like these, these characters getting sitting, like sitting down after, after the commotion has just settled from having to go to Arrakis, right? Yep. Because the emperor demanded it, and because like you know, one of the things that I got a sense of when the spacing guild first you know goes to Caladan, because even even uh, the duke is like, it's done. Like we're good, and it's like it's done, and it's like sounds like he didn't want this to happen. You know, like he was sort of. Is it is it real? Like, are we actually doing this whole thing? Like, I don't don't want to, but we got to do it anyway. Yeah. So, well, because I know it's what I was saying. Like, I guess I guess the tension there, you know. And again, maybe it could have been condensed or rewritten slightly to make a little bit more sense. Maybe it's it's just with House Atreides there, and they're kind of just, you know, talking out loud. And it's like, we're going to put all of our opinions on the table and just, you know, talk freely. But maybe there's a tension between one another. And so maybe like the Baron isn't there. And um, what's his face? Piet, Pietro? Uh, Peter. 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 Yeah. Peter's not there. Right. Like maybe just no one else other than maybe Kynes. Like maybe just she's not there either. You know, just let it be just House Atreides there. You know, you throw in Dr. UA if you want, which... I'll get to that point in a second, but I'm sorry, my Duke. So that's another little gripe I have, um, which when we were, you and I were talking about this before the episode where it's a little bit of a, I guess a trope. And again, when you think about when Frank Herbert wrote Dune in 1965, uh, and again, off the top of my head, I don't know. I'm sure this has been done before this book and, and probably maybe in other movies, Mm -hmm. but or maybe even plays for that matter. I'm just not right at this moment time uh, or moment in time here as we're recording, thinking about other things other than just what we're actually talking about here. Oh my God. But it's the trope of someone needing to deliver or sacrifice someone else. That's important in order to save one of their family members because they've been held captive. And when I'm watching it and I'm like, this dude really thought that if he delivers, the Duke, the head of House Atreides to the Baron, that his wife is going to be alive, which we don't even see, or 
ever is mentioned up until that point. She's dead. Plot twist. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, gasp, shock, you mouth open, gullible dummy. Yeah, that you'd you'd said you said you'd set her, you'd set her free. It's like, yeah, no, I am, and I'm gonna set you free too. Get, 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 get dead. You know, and it's like, bro, you didn't see that coming. Dummy. And not only that, but it's like, hey, I got, I'm gonna sacrifice you, but also, um, could you kill him? For me as well, because I'm going to get the hell out of here. You know, I'm going to betray you in the process and leave with my wife, quote unquote. That's what I think. Yep. But, but also <laughs> don't worry. I got your wife and kid. I'm going to make sure they're, yeah, yeah I'll make sure that they're, they're untouched. <laughs> so it's like, don't worry. I'm going to f- you over. But like, just remember in the afterlife, I kind of did help your, your, your kid. But that almost went south too with Paul and, and, and Jessica. Yeah. Almost. The Harkonnens were like, let's kill him. Well, um, it, I forget who, oh, Dr. Yui actually gives, it, it could be the Baron, it could be Raban, but he gives them the idea to take them uh, out to the desert yeah. and kill them via sandworm. Yeah. So Dr. Yui set that plan up almost, which, uh, well, he did, which was super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, it's not like a... I'm not trying to harp harp on it, but it's just one of those things where I'm like, ah, man. All right. Well, I get it. Um, yeah. And the only other thing that, again, we, we mentioned beforehand, mm. but it's the story behind the bull, the bull, yep. you know, we, we, we see it mentioned it's, it's referenced, you know, quite a few times in the, in the book and, or sorry, in the movie. But I know of that part from the book that, yeah, I believe is is the you know Duke Leto Atreides. It's his great grandfather, if I remember correctly, that killed the bull. And there's like a whole theme and, and story behind the bull. And so I get it. It's like it's in the movies as a a little bit of a Easter egg homage. What? Yeah, I guess. Uh, Leto's father faced down a bull, uh, thinking oh, so father, okay, thinking he could take it on and lost. So Paul's grandfather, then okay. But this is actually pretty crazy. What? Um, the symbolism in it. Um, and lost. Uh, Duke Leto faced down Arrakis, assuming he could take it on and lost. And this foretells Leto's son, uh, fate too, in some ways. That's interesting. That's so, cool. like, dude, like, that's great symbolism. Like, they would have just, like, dude, man. They... You know what movie is almost the? I'm kind of the top but... of that list. What? Uh oh, God, uh, Fonzo, I think is what it's called. Or it's not Fonzie. I think it's called Fonzo. Uh, as a movie? Yes. Hmm. I'm sorry. No, they. It was originally called Fonzo. It's called uh, Capone. It's got Tom Hardy playing oh, uh, Al Capone yeah. in um, his later years. Yeah. And the amount of symbolism in that movie, it, it kills you because you have to think way too hard. And to me, that movie is at the top of that list of being symbolism, like overkill. But yes, that's what that means, I guess. With well, yeah, but so if you if you don't know the story behind the bull, then you don't you see don't know the symbolism. Yeah. So that's one of those things where. Add, add a five-minute conversation f- between Paul and 
and and his father when they're still on on Caladan before they leave. Yep. Talk about you know your grandfather. Da 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 Okay, we got that story in, in our minds. Cool. They could have done it when they were standing there at the freaking cliff. Hey, you know when they could have had that? Uh, that's uh, that's exactly what I was saying. Yeah, uh, yeah. That that scene. That one scene. You could have right done it. there. You could have had that story. Could have said. Could have taken th- three minutes of dialogue. I don't uh, like losing dialogue. Oh, Denis. Denis. Oh, there you go. <laughs> hey, guess what? You totally left out some great symbolism uh, for people that have never read the the book. You know. So is it the, is it the the non-book reader's fault, or is it on you that you didn't include that part? Which, again... Non-book reader's fault. Well... I'm just kidding. Because, <laughs> honestly, after reading that, it's like, oh, shit, that's really cool. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it would have been great to kind of just to get that. And and, and now I, I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. I, I appreciate it. I love yeah. symbolism, you know, especially in, in movies or um, that come from books or just in the book itself. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's littered all over the damn place in, in Tolkien's book. So, it's just like... Pfft. Could have, could have done the same. Yep. Oh, but, well. oh, oh, well. You know, we can't make a long movie. God forbid. You can. Which I was reading. I forget who it was. It was some some director that was saying people want longer movies now. Denis. <laughs> it was him that said it? Yeah. Oh. Be- because I guess I guess his kid's favorite movie late last year was Oppenheimer. And he's like, look at this. You, huh. you, you have kids huh. going to the yes. theaters watching yeah. Yeah. watching longer, wanting more. Wow. You, wow. Isn't that ironic? Ain't dude? that a B? Huh? Dude, huh. that's hilarious. Huh. That is so funny. Whenever you said that, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's wild. Oh my God. That, Crazy. That is too funny. Too funny. Who would have thunk it, dude? Who would have thunk? <laughs> wow. Well, has nothing to do with the movie, but that's, that is a dislike for me. <laughs> <laughs> is that a dislike to just Denny? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Denny, I, I like you, man. Don't get me wrong, but holy. Oh, man. If I could just pick your brain on a little bit more if I ever had the opportunity to, I, I apologize, but damn. If there were more four-hour movies, I would be a much happier man. At just three-hour plus? Like I, like I said, if this movie were, were were three hours, which I thought it was going to be, I'm like, I'm ready for this three hour movie. Boom! Like, I got this. I, my my body is ready. Yep. I'm like, two, what? It's like just barely two and a half hours. Where you know, you? and what? my brother. Uh, so my older brother, he got to see Dune two last weekend. Yeah. Um, love him so much, but God, I'm so jealous. Whenever he he told uh, told me, my little brother, my dad about it, and we're like, oh, we need to do it. And I think I remember mentioning it to you yeah two days after i i was like oh let me look nothing yeah so he got to see this pretty pretty early which is dope and um the one thing he said is that the pacing in this is incredible you start the movie and the next thing you know is oh my god because it is just one non-stop you know okay adventure uh adventure so i am i mean i've been talking about it like i said i mean i've been showing people the clip of the worm all week Okay. You seen Dune? No. Look at this. So interesting. Yeah, it'll be it'll be exciting. I'm pumped. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Can't wait for it. Um, I just r- randomly saw this uh, on the on the page I have up here, but when it was just sort of when Denis was going around and casting everybody, right? Mm-hmm. When Denis called Javier Bardem 
and offered him the role. He said he, he uh, was shocked as he wanted to play or portray Stilgar, comparing it to his personal love for Aragorn in Lord of the Rings. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Lord Aragorn. Dude. I love that. That is awesome. I, it, it, that makes me happy. That's great. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man, you know, it, it's it's definitely tough to talk about long movies. Um, and again, this one could have been longer, but uh, I digress. We are very, very excited to watch Dune Part 2 oh, in God. a few days. And, yep. and, uh, and then record on it. So... Uh, you can expect the review of Doom Part 2, which will contain many spoilers, um, sometime next week, probably on Monday, would be my guess. So we'll give people some time to hopefully watch over the weekend, and then you'll be able to watch uh, or listen to uh, our, um, our our podcast episode. So, What um, would you rate it? Yeah, about that. You know, it, it's it's tough to really settle on something right now because I know if I say what I what I would say it. give it, it's going it might change because of part two. And again, like it's almost like I don't know if I want to say I don't know see, if I want to say it right I now. I don't get that. Why? Because it because it's like because Dune two is a separate movie. It's the same story, yes, but it's a separate movie. No, I know it so is, but it shouldn't affect. I mean, it, it can affect. It can to it the can. story and how it's portrayed across, because it, it's it's. But also, I get your ha- I get your view too, because it's half of a story, right? Technically, it, you know, it's. You know, I'm not gonna quite, um, you know, compare it to Lord of the Rings or anything like that, because obviously, we're not talking about the other books from Dune. Yeah, you know, like. I would maybe make a little bit more of an accurate comparison to the Hobbit because the Hobbit is only one book. And I do think the Hobbit should have only been two films, not three. Interesting. Okay. We'll talk more about that whenever we talk about the, the Hobbit trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, cause I definitely want to read the book again before uh, everything, but I would probably say like, um, I'd probably give this a solid like 90 91 really yeah that low well i mean that's still high but like really yeah and again i I think because um he i i i I don't know like i I wanted more yeah okay Uh, and again i think if it was if it was longer i probably would have given it a higher rating it sounds weird but um huh to hear about the uh symbolism not being in the movie kind of sucks (laughs) Yeah, uh, or, or kind of knowing the backstory behind it, even though it's like, here are these pictures, and the, you know, we, we got to put this bullhead in the crate. Why? The hell is so special about this? This this, this bull. bull, dude. Bull, bull, bull. <laughs> That's what I gotta say about it. Um, <laughs> but uh, what would huh. you? So what would you rate it? I give this a good old ninety-five percent. I kind of figured you would. 
Yeah, this but is... see, I my expectation, my expectation is that part two will be a ninety five percent. I think I might give it higher if they do it right. We'll see. Yeah, and again, my 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 once we see part two, and once I go, you know what? Here's part two, rating wise. I think about how it compares to to part one, or maybe how part one uh, leads up to part two, and I'm like, you know what? I got to give a little bit more cred to part one. Yeah, I am. Like I said earlier, I'm very excited to see where they pick up with, you know, with with the story in part two because um, I picked up Dune, uh, my book, the other day, and I was like, oh, let me just because I, ha- I had a bookmarked uh, at part two because the last time I picked it up, I only read the first part, but that was right after I watched the first movie, I think, mm. um, you know, a couple years ago, and I picked it up. And I was like, oh, let me just pick it up and pick back up you know, at part two for the movie. And I was like, I have to start over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't really care so much about what other places have, have rated it. I mean, obviously like I don't care about other critics cause you know, pff, whatever. Uh, the only thing I'll say that again, based on audiences pulled by cinema score, they gave the film an average, a minus on a A plus to F scale, which I think anything in the A plus to A minus category is a is a great movie. So obviously, um, it is. I'd be kind of curious to see what part two ends up being. Probably a solid A. Yeah, you know. Um, I don't know off the top of my head what. Maybe we'll save this for Friday. I'm gonna go look it up in the meantime. Like what, um, what, cinema score is given like A plus. Uh, films too. So, mm, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so if you haven't seen part one, go see it before you can on part two, and then obviously go see part two because it's probably going to be amazing. And from you know, judging what we what we've seen already, or from even hearing from people, i.e., your brother and stuff like that, mm. um, it, it is uh, amazing. So, but um, and go follow us on. Twitter X right and and um yeah anything else you want to say about it um no the uh well yes the one thing I will say is that um as soon as we're done filming this I'm gonna go up and, and grab my Dune book and give it to you um so you can read that Not true but um no it uh I mean the book's everywhere now so you can pick up the book book's great. Yeah, it's complex. It's not complex. It's a good read. It's not, you know, a hard read rather. Um, But there's just a lot in it, but it does a good job of pacing that out. And um, like we said, the movie's on Netflix for another, uh, I don't know, 26 hours, maybe. Um, We can watch it on. Oh, and Max. Max. Yeah. Watch it on Max or buy for five bucks on Apple. Yep. And um and then definitely go see the second one because it's going to be, it's one of those movies where I say it a lot, but I'm big on, and we talk about it almost every time we go pick a movie, uh, over the last, what, nine years, um, of where we go see it. But I'm big on the vibe of the theater, you know, the the people, the masses, I'm big on that. So this is one of those movies where it's going to do that. So it's going to be a good time. Yep. Go see it. And uh, and then be sure to tune in for our next episode where we review it. Yep. And um, 
spoilers beware. I'm just telling you now, beware of the spoilers. So yeah, like it's going to, it's going to be crazy. So stay tuned for that. Yep. So, uh, share with the friends, family, all that kind of stuff. And, um, that'll do it for us here on the plot. Strike. 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 Strike